I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, hello. Good morning. Or good evening. Or good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you are in time. We are so happy to be in your earbuds, in your car, wherever we are with you. And we have something exciting for you today. Super exciting. I would categorize it under mega exciting. Mega exciting. This is someone who... We both love, but I especially love. She is my sister. We share a mother. We can get more into that if we have to. But this is Brianna Wills. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to hear your voice. This is exciting. I like this, like, radio podcast voice going on. Isn't it fun? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, like, it's a super fun experience, especially the first time. It's like, oh, my gosh, am I... In the show Frasier. That's how I feel. (laughs) Frasier is one of my most favorite shows. But therefore you are a 70 year old woman. You know know how it is. That is interesting. (laughs) I try and keep it interesting. (laughs) Bree, how are you today? I'm doing good, you know, actually. Yeah. You were just really saying good. you've had a pretty long week. I've had a very, very long week. And it's not necessarily that my weeks are bad. It's mm-hmm. just that they're very fast paced. Mm-hmm. And it's oh. like, you know, from when I wake up until I go to bed, it feels like it's like I did back to back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. You're a committed lady. You do lots of things. Yeah. Thank you for it's all, it's all good things, you know, yeah. but you can still get tired while you're doing great things. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So our little brief synopsis of Brianna is that she is an all around just powerhouse of a person. She oh, yeah. is an educated woman. She works in the field of psychology. She is a super power worship leader. She is involved in tons of ministries and does all kinds of things. But Brianna, why don't you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do. Just give just, you know, if someone doesn't know you, who's Bri? Yeah. So my name is Brianna Wills Mm -hmm. and I work in maternal mental health. And the funny thing is usually when I explain that to people, they always go, ah, maternal mental health. And then kind of look at me like, like what yes, it is. Yes, and so like what? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And before before entering into maternal mental health, I feel like if you would have asked me, like, what's maternal mental health, I would have just pieced together, like, maternal and then mental health. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, such an underrated and underrepresented population that a lot of people don't actually know. And so I literally just work with families specifically women but we can also work with like their uh, husbands and stuff and like mothers and things like that who are experiencing postpartum depression so I'm amazing I it's really really it's a really fulfilling and yeah I imagine so rewarding yeah really practical yes very practical and there's just a lot of like you watch somebody walk through experiencing anxiety and stress and being very overwhelmed and some of them are single moms some of them have babies who were born with like various struggles Mm -hmm. and so just watching them come in and you can see it on their demeanor that they're just kind of broken and then you spend these six months with them and they're like advocating for themselves and they're Mm -hmm. using different like symptom management techniques and coping skills and really feel like they're able to like manage their mental health. So yeah. it's really, That's really amazing. fun. Amazing. And yeah, I, I really enjoy this population. Before I worked at a locked psych facility and it was a, it was a um, psych 
facility that housed people who were struggling with a mental diagnosis and a substance abuse. And wow. so it was mostly involuntary. Oh, so oh my gosh. there were like 2% so of people. <laughs> yeah. 2% of people were voluntary and most Whoa. of them were involuntary. And so it posed for some very interesting days. Yeah, I you have stories. Yeah, yeah I sure. do. Have You've had stories. some uh, cool conversations, I'm yeah. sure. That'll be another <laughs> podcast. I'll come back Absolutely. and just tell yeah. side stories. No, for oh, real, we would please. love to do that. Yeah. So, Brianna, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit of how you came to the Lord, some of your testimony, because it's really relevant to the conversation we're going to be having yeah. today. Yeah. So I came to the Lord at a youth venture. Youth venture are teen centers that the church that I go to, they pay for and they like run and operate. Mm -hmm. um, my senior pastor, our senior pastor, <laughs> he basically submitted to the Lord's vision for how to reach the youth in inner city East County. And so I was looking for my friend when I was a sophomore in high school and his mom was like, he's in that building. Mm -hmm. And it said youth venture on the top. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to look for him. So I walked in and there was a lady there. Her name is Brooke. And she basically like flocked to me in glory and splendor and <laughs> a lot of uh, joy. Energy. Yeah. Energy. And I wasn't used to it, but she listened very closely when mm. I like said who I was and was talking to her and I just wanted to come back. Mm. And so um, I realized having a friend in high school that he actually had a junior high shift or, or a junior staff shift here. And um, he was in band. I was in band. So he was like, let's hang out, come to my junior staff shift on Wednesdays. And I just kind of stayed. And the Lord really mm -hmm. met me here. Yeah. Um, I And you still haven't left. Here you <laughs> are. We're, we're recording. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. We're, we are recording in a youth venture right now. Yeah. They have built a recording studio into. Was this? The yeah, you're actually you recording in the youth venture. Yeah. That I so crazy. Super full yeah. circle for a lot of people at yeah. our church. Done a lot adventures. of uh, lessons in this actual particular area oh, that we're so recording wild. in. So. I love that. Really yeah. So cool. And through that, I went to a summer camp. I started going to this youth venture and I started doing lessons with Brooke. And then I started going to Foothills because of that to their high school group. And I went to a summer camp and the Lord really met me there. Um, and he really spoke to me. And so ever since then, I've been here. Can't get rid of me. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. So tell us why psychology is a field that you went into. Okay, this is actually kind of a funny story because you would think that I was born and I was like, man, I just want to help people. <laughs> I love people. I want to help them. Mm -hmm. But literally the only the reason why I went into psychology was because I watched the Dark Knight movie. Oh my gosh. With Heath Ledger. <laughs> this, this fits. This isn't that surprising. But yeah, no, this, this yeah. is not out of left field if yeah. you know Brianna. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like a like a firefighter, lawyer, astrophysicist, so... Um, <laughs> there's a spread there yeah yeah I watched the Dark Knight trilogy with Heath Ledger and the whole time I was like why is he doing this yeah why is he doing you're this? psychoanalyzing yeah, Heath Ledger? I was like he's told multiple <laughs> oh, stories they're all not true or are they true <laughs> nobody knows and then at the end of the movie I was like hmm I wonder who the people are that could figure this guy out and so I googled it and it was like psychology and I was I like interesting this. so then since I was a sophomore, I'm a very like, 
uh, once I like decide something, oh, yeah. I just go with it. Yep. Yeah. Like a personality. Yes. So as a sophomore in high school, I was like psychology. Yeah. And so this all of it. my extracurricular activities were psychology. And here I am. I love <laughs> Amazing. that. I still don't know why Heath Ledger did it though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if anybody out there knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So today we're, we're going to be actually broaching the topic of grief, which isn't something that is fun to talk about really, yeah. but it's necessary. And it's, it's something that is inevitable. If you exist on this planet, you're yeah. going to experience grief. If you are a person who loves other people and has a relationship with anyone, yeah. it is, it is part of life. And so we were trying to think of who we wanted to have this conversation with. And there really is no one better than Brianna, in my opinion, to have this mm-hmm. conversation with, because first of all, she has the education to talk about these things, oh, yeah. but also Brianna is someone who, um, I know and have watched walk through this in a way that is so honorable and godly and she struggled with it honestly, but really been faithful to the Lord through grief in her personal life. So um, if you don't mind Brianna being vulnerable with us for a minute, what has been your personal experience with grief in your life? Yeah. So uh, I think my first major experience was at seven my mom passed away from alcoholism Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting being an adult and like looking back on it because I feel like for me as a kid I had the standard picture of what a perfect household was and it was like you know I had my mother I had my father and then I have an older brother and then it was me so it was like your American Mm -hmm. the perfect little nuclear family yeah um and you know me and my brother are five years apart and so it was like I had an older brother who could be protective um and so I thought that my house was perfect and then leading up to my mother passing away I started to see like the fractures and as a seven-year-old I do feel like you have like a an understanding of what it means to lose somebody Mm -hmm. but you aren't really walking through like the higher cortex functioning processes of not possible (laughs) like oh this is grief and like what does this actually mean and how is this going to affect my future right so i just but it becomes really like foundational and developmental at that age though Mm -hmm. yeah like how you walk through that and sometimes you actually don't see that until you're older Mm -hmm. because like you know again as like a seven eight year old you're not thinking like no "Hmm," and it's all protective like you're just mm -hmm. trying to survive it yeah yeah which is actually interesting so um I remember at that time that I, we went to the hospital and then after my mom passed away, see, I, this is how your brain works, guys. I have a distinct memory of how everything happened at the hospital. And then my aunt, my mother's sister wrote me a book about my mother's life and everything I thought happened didn't actually happen. Yeah. And so uh, I wasn't even in the room. I thought I was in the room. I wasn't in the room. I was in a totally different room. And so I was, I like went to her and was like, "Mm, I don't think this is right. And she's like, no, it was right. But I remember my dad sitting me down on his lap at the hospital and he's just like, so your mother passed away, which means that she is not going to come home anymore. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, okay. And I actually can't remember from that moment. And my memory comes back at like the end of third grade. So I actually, cause it was in the beginning of second grade. So I actually don't remember, I don't remember second grade and I don't remember the first half of third grade. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, as I got older and as I got to like an eighth grade and then in high school, 
I did start experiencing symptoms of like unchecked grief, which yeah. was I was extremely angry, yeah. Yeah. like very angry, like people walking slow in front of me on campus. I'd be like, mm, like yeah, yeah. yeah. don't rage. I hope this doesn't incriminate me, but like, you know, I'd be like, I want to like push you in the road, like yeah. walk faster. I also just like would look at other people's families and be like, I'd get just instantly bitter yeah. against them because right. I'm like, wow, like you. You can have that and I can't. Yeah, you can have a mom and a dad and I can't. And a lot of things flowed down from my mom passing away, like with yeah. my dad kind yeah. of slipping in depression. And he was very sad and kind of just yeah. stopped really being a dad. And then my brother got really angry. So mm-hmm. um, I would just see other people and be like, you're so lucky. Like, And then if they were mean to their parents, I would oh, be like, yeah. you, <laughs> like so you have, yeah, you yeah. don't understand, like, yeah. feel my wrath. Yeah, yeah, like you have this parent who is trying to love you, but you're just so mean. Like, imagine if you didn't have it. And yeah. so that was my first real experience with grief. And that was more of like grief loss. But mm-hmm. as I got older, I had grief in other forms, like, you know, wishing that I could have a childhood grief, right. watching yeah. my dad be sick and not really care grief. Watching yeah. my brother and my dad have a horrible relationship and kind of me and my brother grief. And that turned into like self-hatred time yeah. grief. Yeah. And um, it's just it was interesting how grief was in many forms. Like it doesn't just have to be like I lost yeah. somebody. It right. Could right. Be, it's not just one thing. Mm-hmm, it like spirals into stuff. And then as I got older, I um I would take care of my dad. I took care of my dad a lot. Um, by myself because my brother moved to to Texas and that was grief because yeah. I was like why are you moving yeah and then yeah leaving me. <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like it was like a mixture of like I'm angry because you're leaving me but also I'm jealous because like I wish I could just I have this burden yeah. Yeah, that you I feel wish, like you don't have and, yeah, yeah I wish I could just move to Texas you right, know yeah. and like live my life but as I got older two months after I got married my dad passed away and that was like, it's it's interesting experiencing losing a parent when you are like a fully functioning, processing adult yeah. versus when but you're also a child. Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to that. Yeah. Very young still. But it's just I realized that I process the, de- yes. the grief differently yeah. than I was when I was seven. And when it like ballooned into depression, anger and anxiety Versus when I was in my early 20s and already a Christian, but still having to uh, process what it means to like lose a parent, especially yeah. a parent that you're taking care of. So mm-hmm. the my my journey with grief has really been like a like a winding, right. you know, like double helix type thing. But. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something that you've had to walk through and understand from different angles as life keeps changing and you keep mm-hmm. growing and experiencing new things. And I'm sure it just like grief does, right? Like you yeah. experience it fresh with new seasons of life or things mm-hmm. that you wish that yeah. person could be there for. Like, it's just, it never goes away when we love somebody and we lose them. Right. right? It's not like a one and done. Like I lost you. And then that year was terrible. It's like, there's some, mm-hmm. there's just stuff you have to lay at the feet of Jesus yeah. forever. I heard this <laughs> comparison of like, grief is like a box with a ball in it. And when you first lose somebody, right, that ball like completely fills the box and it's like touching all sides of it and it's just huge. And the ball gets smaller over time, but it never Mm -hmm. goes away. And like you can always feel it inside of the box, right? And it gets manageable and smaller and smaller, but it's not like that hole can ever really be filled of losing people that we love. And especially something as foundational as like 
our parents and the people that establish our identity. And yeah. Yeah. And there's no time constraint. I feel like something that I've had to tell people in counseling or even myself or like have had conversations with, um, with people like going through grief is you feel like it's like, you know, at what point in time when you get past somebody passing away or something traumatic happening to you that caused you grief, are you supposed to just be like, Hmm, like, you know, that was in the past. And like, you know, can I only have breakdowns in the first year? And yeah. then like once yeah. the first year. What do I allow myself? Like, okay, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once the first year is over, together. people are like, mm, you're still breaking down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you're not over it. Yeah. Yes. Well, and we can be really hard on ourselves, but it's also strange to have the expectations of other people. Yeah. So the question that I think comes up in this conversation as believers is mm-hmm. why do we have to deal with grief? Like why is this something we have to walk through as people who have hope and who have Jesus and who have ultimate victory and all these things. Like, why is it still so hard? And I'm curious before we get into this, like Brianna, was this, as you were, you know, coming to the Lord a little bit older, was this ever something that you wrestled with of like, how can God be good (laughs) and still have let these things happen to me? Or how can I still feel these things if, you know, I have the Holy Spirit or what was that process like for you? Yeah. As a child, it was the, kind of typical ones that you see in the world, which is like, you know, if God is good, there's always that question. If God is good, then why X, Y, Z? So it was like, if God was good, then why do I like, you know, not get to have a mother? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if God is good, then like, why is like my dad sick? Like, why is this my life? As I got older, I, um, you know, as I got older and became a Christian, it kind of steered away from like, you know, if God is good, then why? And it was just like that initial human flesh feeling and thought of something's been taken away from me. It's really Mm -hmm. painful. This is really hard. Um, And then, you know, you ask why, like, why me? Why my life? What is this for? But there is also kind of like an understanding behind it because I know that like my life is not my own. And also I had kind of a grasp of you know bad things happen and our world is full of sin and like people get sick and people make decisions and as a child you kind of just never blame anything on it except like you never blame anything anybody else except for like external things you know like why god whatever like things like that but then you have to think like these people made decisions Mm -hmm. and as much as i wish my mother was alive she also made a decision to consume alcohol. And we know, you know, from biology that eventually something like that starts to affect your system. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's consequences to those actions. And so as an adult, it's like, you know, I understand that my dad had decided not to necessarily take the best care of his health and let things slip that kind of spiraled and snowballed into bigger things Mm -hmm. and his body was overcome by that because there's sickness in the world and the lord calls us to be good stewards of our body and he made a decision not to and so that was something that i like processed but i remember that uh like right after my dad passed away i was still at the house and um, there were like people on their way, like my aunt and uncle were on their way and Christine and Mark were on their way. 
And uh, I was sitting in my car and I just kept repeating, like, this isn't my fault. It's not God's fault. It's not my fault. It's not God's fault. Like, mm-hmm. like a mantra. Yeah. And just kind of reminding myself that I can't, you know, I can't blame all the bad things that happen and just say, like, you know, God, like you intended that, like you wanted it to happen to me because like mm-hmm. you're after yeah. me or something. I think you um, you touched on something that stood out to me when thinking about this topic. And that's just that. We live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. We live in a world, you know, post post Adam and Eve's, you know, sin. And mm-hmm. um, and with that comes so much that God never intended for us to experience. And I think anytime we experience something out of God's original design for us, it's displacing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that I feel that way about grief, about sin. You know, we talked about failure a couple episodes ago. It's just like that pain in your heart that happens when you are experiencing something outside of God's God's perfect design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um just really quick Revelation 21:4 says he will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And this is talking about God establishing the new earth and this just shows that those are things of a earth affected mm-hmm. by sin. And so I think it's easy, like you're saying, to feel like, why is God doing this to me? Or like, why is this happening in my life? Yeah. Um, when he's in the active process of restoring yeah. and redeeming. And not only that, like it's a future hope, but exactly, our yeah. hope now of seeing the goodness of God in yeah. the land of the living, right? Is knowing that he is present and has made a way yeah. to walk with us through those things. Absolutely. There's so much hope in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you know, something that I really had to realize was at the end of the day, I just don't have the control. And I feel like there's this like super comfy yeah. with that, aren't we? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there, my personality is I want to have control over everything. Yeah. I have planners. We I know nothing about that. Katie and, I, Katie and I don't know anything. <laughs> Can't about relate. That. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crazy, right? <laughs> um, but just like, remembering reminding myself that I I've had so many conversations where you try to like I almost back myself into a corner yeah and at the end of the day I have to tell myself you know listen obviously the Lord knows everything and so and the Lord um you know he he grants permission for things and so Mm -hmm. we think about Job and how yeah how you know um the enemy came to God and was like Job won't be as faithful to you if he's tested. That whole thing is so uncomfortable to think about, right? The fact that like, oh my gosh, there's like an accuser permitted to approach God. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much to that. Well, and then you think about God's just like, yeah, test him. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, sure. (laughs) Yeah, like do it. And you're just just like, like, don't kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I think about that and I just think like, like obviously the Lord you know, he could have saved my mother. He could have saved Mm -hmm. my father. He could do anything that he wants. And there's a part of me that's a human that's like, well, why didn't you? Yeah. Like if you are loving and caring, you should have, could have, like, why wouldn't you? And then I have to think logically. It's just like, I don't know. And really, even though it sounds kind of harsh, it's not my place to know. And also like, God is in control, period. Mm -hmm. And so I have to tell myself, like, like the Lord does what the Lord wants for his purpose and for his glory, period. 
And yeah. it's so hard to it's be not like, easy though when you're yeah. in the middle of you're it. You're like, period. And you're like, that's good. But also, like, if you could just tell me, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. like, why you, you could just loop me in. Yeah. <laughs> loop me into the thought process. Yeah. And I'm CC me in that email. Yeah, CC me next time, please. Oh my gosh. Oh, like, God, like, Abraham, CC Brianna. The Assembly of the Saints. Like, blind CC. Like, oh so along these lines, Brianna, I would love to hear your thoughts on as believers with all of that in mind, how can we grieve well? Is there a way to grieve well that is honorable and is righteous? Mm-hmm. And if so, like what does improper grief look like? Yeah. yeah. I would say that improper grief um, to me looks like not reaching out for the support and just mm. kind of staying in it. Isolating. Yes, because I've realized that places of struggle like grief and even things like depression and sometimes even anxiety or worry mm. can become places of comfort because it's difficult to get out of that. And so, it's, And it's kind of an element of control at yes. a certain point. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to work hard to manage these emotions and these symptoms and, you know, do what my counselor or my mentor or the like God is saying Mm -hmm. when I can just not and sit in my grief. And so I've noticed for myself personally that improper grief looks like like lethargy and like Mm -hmm. apathy and really just like, you know, woe is me, which wow. yeah. Yeah. you give yourself room to experience that. There's a like, time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm obviously like, I'm an advocate of, you know, if you are experiencing an emotion, I want you to acknowledge it. I don't want mm-hmm. you to be like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Right. I want you to say like, yeah, it's, I, not, it's not holier to pretend yeah. like you don't feel things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to be able to say like, I am mad or I am angry. And I had those moments, especially with my dad passing away. I had moments where I was like, God, I am angry. God, I am sad. God, I am frustrated. Uh, I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. want to go to ministry. I don't want to like reach out to kids. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, I just want to sit on my couch in my house and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, for me, I feel like the Lord did kind of let me do that for a little bit. And then I remember when I was, you know, I was coming up on like a year and still like struggling with like processing emotions and like, how can I, you know, I went to, I went to Disney World at the end of 2017 and it was like the year my dad passed away. And I remember I was on the plane and I was like, "Mm, how can I be at Disney World having so much fun when like not even a year ago, Mm. like my dad passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, my dad's probably so angry at me being in Disney World. And I remember like the Lord basically was just like, look, you can be angry. You can scream and kick and cry, but I just want you to know that you have to do it like within my hands Mm. and within my boundaries, which means that there are things you're not allowed to do. You cannot numb your pain with bad things you can't start getting into things that can become addictive you can't start like shutting people out you can be angry and you can be sad but you you have to like come to me and lay it at my feet and let people love you and I think a big thing is letting people love you um and not you know kind of like breaking down those standards because 
I, I know a big thing, and I was reading um, C.S. Lewis's A Grief Observed. And I, we're big, we're big C.S. Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I love that book because I so think good. that he's literally writing from a pace, from a place of pain, yeah, deep pain, and a place of understanding, like the goodness and the power and the might yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realized is when you're experiencing that type of grief, you want somebody to like come and fix it, yeah. but people don't necessarily know how to fix that type of problem. Right. Most people don't. And so you'll have somebody that'll do like the, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that that's like trigger words. And I know mm-hmm. we don't like the word trigger, but that's like trigger words. It's like you say that and they just think in their mind, like, how am I feeling? Like, what do you mean? How what do you think? <laughs> what do you think I'm feeling? And you can't fix yeah, it. And like, feel? yeah, I don't want your breads and your muffins. And like, I want you to bring, I want you to bring my people back, you know, right. but really you just have to let people love you the way they know how. And I feel yeah. like that's also a way to grieve. Well, mm. is to understand, like, if you are in a place where you are grieving right now and somebody is, trying to love you the only way they know how that will help your grief and that adds to grieving well yeah Yeah. you know I love that you said that yeah I would love to hear from you what are ways that the Lord provided for you in those times of grief Mm -hmm. like what were you know are there any specific examples of like people and situations but also like how did God walk with you through that Mm -hmm. because I know he did and I know he promises to so do you have any examples Yeah. So even the day that my dad passed away, I remember that I, um, I, I was on the phone with my brother while, um, the paramedics were there trying to like save the life, save his life. And, um, I was talking to him. And then when I got off the phone with my brother, I immediately called my aunt and uncle and, um, they came, they live all the way in Otai and they came, but my family is very like, tight knit because we've had multiple people pass away Mm -hmm. and my uncle um my uncle that came is my mother's brother yeah and I also called my mentor slash spiritual mother Christine Mm -hmm. that's the mother we share that's the mother (laughs) we share Christine Bailey and I remember um I asked them like what they were doing well I tried to I was hysterical but I asked them what they were doing and they were at home group and they just left they were just like we're on our way like yeah. no questions asked, like both of them, Mark and Christine. And they showed up and they just like hung out the whole time. And like when mm. the coroner was coming, my um my aunt and Christine, who know each other because they have showed up at different points in my life together, yeah. um, they like went on a walk with me down the block while they like took my dad to the coroner's van yeah. and like took him away. Right. And I realized in that moment that like, the Lord brings people in your life mm. to share in hard times with you. And specifically out of all the people, I feel like I always mention Christine in like every aspect of my life because <laughs> she really is like interwined in my life. She's worth mentioning too. She's yes. a pretty great lady. Um, I really feel like we share similarities of loss because yeah. um, I, I can't necessarily remember the timeline, but I believe like I lost my mom when I was a kid and then she lost her mother first about two years before you lost your dad and then she lost her dad the same year you lost your dad so we've like lost parents like in procession and so sometimes our mentoring sessions were like her 
pouring into me and really supporting me and God speaking through her to help in my grief. And then sometimes our sessions were just both of us are just like, we don't know how we're going to do this. And like me just looking at her and she's just like, I I don't know. Like, (laughs) like, 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 girl, if you find out, tell me. (laughs) Like we're in the same boat, but like the Lord bringing me people in my life to walk with me, like the church really helped in my grief And also just him showing me that like, it's okay, but like, I've, I've got you. Like I've had to Mm -hmm. something that, um, Christine and like even, you know, other people in my life that are like spiritual leaders have told me is you have to go back and look at Mm -hmm. all of the different times that like you thought you weren't going to make it. And like the times the Lord brought you through, like he brought me through losing my mother. He brought me through like processing my childhood and not really having a childhood Mm -hmm. when I thought that I wasn't gonna have anywhere to live like he Mm -hmm. brought us a house when I thought I wasn't gonna make it to college like I made it to college when I thought I wasn't gonna graduate when I thought I wasn't gonna get over my high school relationship and when I thought I wasn't gonna get married and it's like and then even married like when I thought I wasn't gonna be able to like get a job that I want or like Mm -hmm. just have the life that I envisioned Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, he was constantly reminding me that like every hard thing that you have, every like grief or trauma experience, like I will bring you through it. It's going to be painful. Right. I don't, I mean, I've heard of people's testimonies where like they're in the midst of a sin or they're one way and then the Lord is just like, bam. And then they're like totally different. Um, That hasn't been my life. It's always been like, you know, (laughs) I kind of feel like I'm like um, on the back of a chariot, like holding onto a rope and God is like, like (laughs) he's like controlling the chariot. Yeah. And I'm just just, like getting hit by like thorns and like animals and like leaves are in my mouth. And I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Even though that sounds like, (laughs) even that sounds painful. Yeah. I've realized that when the chariot stops and I like get up, I feel like Wonder Woman. Like, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. man, God, like you brought me through that. You were watching the whole time. You were bringing me to a place of faith. And now that I'm standing up and like brushing the dirt off of my body Mm -hmm. and stuff, I feel like stronger in my faith and stronger in general. And so I it makes me think of how short-sighted we are as human beings and how Mm -hmm. easy it is to forget the faithfulness of the Lord. Yeah. Especially when you've had a long, like relationship and a long walk with him. And it makes me think of the biblical principle of like building altars, (laughs) you know, in, in places and commemorating and making a point and almost like a ceremony of remembering. Yeah. Like a monument, a monument to remembering the faithfulness of God. And, you know, we don't really do that anymore, but the idea of having people that are in your life that you've invited in that can remind yeah. you of those things and writing things down and making yeah. a practice of thanking the Lord and remembering and just mm-hmm. reflecting on his goodness. Like I, maybe we don't do that enough. Yeah. I think that one, of one of the best things like I have done for myself when I have had the wherewithal to do it is leaving myself a paper trail yeah. <laughs> of like these things, mm-hmm. uh, these times that God has been so good or so faithful in times that really just there isn't anything good about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I I did a lot of writing right after my grandfather passed away. And I like the strength I can draw just from like reading the things I was writing at that time. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this was the hardest season of my life. And yet I was still fully walking in the favor of the Lord mm-hmm. and walking in his blessing and 
experiencing his fullness in this time. So of course he's going to take care of me now. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, I just think it is so important to mm-hmm. leave, leave behind those little, you yeah. know, Hey, remember that this isn't the end of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that I would love to talk to you as someone experienced, but also someone with expertise, <laughs> how do we love someone who is grieving? I would say that you love them really how you know how, you know, like Mm -hmm. someone who is grieving is going to have a varying array of emotions Mm -hmm. and you really have to be very patient with them because they might want to talk to you and they might want you to say something back, like give them advice. They might want to talk to you and they might want you to say nothing. Just listen They might uh, not want to talk. They might just want you around, you know, and there's like a tendency for us, like as people who are nurturers and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're a room full of women. So especially with women, like we want to fix and we want to mend, we want to glue. And sometimes it's just like the response is like not necessary. Sometimes it's just I'm feeling this way. It's really painful. I don't know what to do. And you're just like, that's really hard. You know? Yeah. Like I can, like, you know, do you want me to pray with you? And like, I will still be praying for you. Yeah. Like if you want to hang out, let me know. Um, if you need anything, like even if it's very strange, I remember my friend, um, my best friend, Angela, after my dad passed away, she was just like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just want you to come over and I want you to drive me up the coast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like up the coast. And she did. And we listened to music. And then afterwards I went back home and she was like, all right, like, love you. Yeah. I'll see you. And I remember thinking like, wow, like that was just what I needed. Yeah. But there were also moments where somebody would help me like a little bit more hard like with hard love out of certain circumstances because I was slipping to a place that could be potentially dangerous Mm -hmm. and I needed someone to be like hey look like I know that you're grieving but like you can't do that you know like that's the place you can't go and there were other protection yeah, yeah they were protecting me and there were other times that I would hang out with people who I knew that we were just gonna like joke like laugh yeah. and joke and it was gonna be funny and Um, You know, it seems very weird to like Mm. laugh and joke after losing someone. But I was just like, look, I need (laughs) I need humor. I need to like not be in my emotions. And so I would just say like the simple text or phrase or in person, like, you know, how can I like serve you? Like, you know, what can I need? And not necessarily taking offense if it's nothing or if really honestly. And I mean, this is a big one. Not taking offense if it's not you. Yeah. If it's like, you know, it could be someone who you think, oh, like I would have thought that, mm-hmm. you know, my helping and my presence, like we're really good friends, like, you know, we're office mates or like they're my best friend. And maybe it's just not you in this season. And yeah. you just have to be okay with that. You know, you have to be okay with the ebbs and flows that they're going through. Um, and I would also say just kind of be diligent if they're your friend family member, someone close and you're noticing things, I would say even if somebody is grieving, if you're noticing they're going down a dangerous path, you know, still be praying for them, but also like 
initiate that kind of gentle but like not too gentle conversation of just saying like hey you know like I know this is hard I know this is difficult I can't imagine how you're feeling but I just want to make sure that like you're um like being conscious of you know these particular habits and I've, I've noticed that you've like posted these things that you were like here at this place it's probably not the best mm. and like I know it's hard I want to walk with you through it but let's like reevaluate some of these decisions and figure out how we can like actually work on how you're feeling because I don't want you to go down a path of destruction you know yeah and maybe they'll be like no <laughs> I don't like that and then you have to cool. like I love you <laughs> yeah. and just know that like <laughs> yeah. Cool. Great. Cool. Cool. This is awesome. really awesome. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, but you know, just like <laughs> just saying like I love you. Yeah. And I understand that like this is what you're feeling now. And when you're ready to talk, like I will not turn you away. Yeah. But just like remember that like there is a different option and you always have like a safe place for me. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like it's it's a lot of um I think of like uh, like walking on a tightrope it's like mm-hmm. can I say that probably shouldn't say that right now but like oh this is the time to say that yeah. I should say that I'm just gonna pray for you I'll keep my distance I'll yeah. come close yeah you know I would dare to say that as a culture we are very uncomfortable with death yeah mm-hmm. and anything having to do with death and out of that feeling we have two kind of responses that we fall into we either overcorrect and say too much yeah mm-hmm. or we feel embarrassed or you know uncomfortable and so we back away and don't say anything and then Mm -hmm. we feel guilty about it and exactly like you're saying there's a lot of value in asking Mm and making yourself available not assuming what people are feeling or what they need to hear yeah I mean honestly the times that I've been in grief some of the like worst most thoughtless things people have said to me have been from Christians that have just they totally discount your emotions or whatever. And this isn't to tear down Christians, but it, it's a hard thing to do. Everyone's uncomfortable with it. We can acknowledge that you don't have to know how to meet someone's needs and what they're feeling. You can just ask them. And exactly like you're saying, mm-hmm. not be offended if you aren't the one they want it from. Yeah. Right? That was the, like the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Of what you said, giving people grace yeah. that are grieving and also giving grace to people if you are grieving who just don't know what to do and maybe instead of getting offended giving practical actionable steps because I know also my personality and I think probably yours too Mm -hmm. is that it's easier to just say oh no I'm fine like you're good thanks but actually thinking about okay how can this person is trying to love me what can Mm -hmm. I ask of them because sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask yeah and I mean also like people who have gone through situations that have caused them a lot of grief like like I I really logically understand that this person might not actually fully comprehend what it means to like lose a parent or yeah. lose both parents. Like, you know, I have friends who have both parents mm-hmm. and I just I, I I've seen like conversations with people where you'll say like, I understand. And then they'll kind of snap back with like, you don't understand, you know, like you'll never understand. How could you understand? Right. And I just also feel comparative grief. <laughs> you know, yeah. I also feel just like you can there's empathetic and there's sympathy. You know, there's mm-hmm. sympathetic and sympathetic is being able to acknowledge somebody is going through something hard mm-hmm. and provide compassion. And empathetic is when you feel like you can actually understand from lived experience mm-hmm. what someone's going through. But I 
I feel like, you know, you can understand without having gone through something like similar. You don't have to empathize to have like true compassion Mm -hmm. and sympathy. And people, everybody's gone through something. You know, we always talk about like my testimony is so bad and like my testimony is not that bad, but it's like everybody's gone through something and some people process trauma differently. There's some people where losing a parent, it is devastating. It takes them out. There's some people where losing a parent is like, this is hard, but I'm able to like get through it and stuff like that. And you can still sympathize and kind of empathize with both of those scenarios, you know, but also if you know, my parent has died. Don't tell me about how you lost your dog and it ruined your world. Yes, like right. yes, there's yes, yes. there's a line to this yeah. of like you if, mm-hmm. if you don't know what to say, yeah, it's actually better not to say anything. Yeah, just than to try listen. to like overcompensate and yeah. just fill noise because we really are more comfortable being mm-hmm. able to yeah. just talk than to provide nothing. Yeah. But sometimes it's better to just provide nothing and yeah. hug and say you're so sorry yeah. and move on. Just sit with them and <laughs> yeah. let them vent and let yeah. them process yeah. show up be present but yeah. you don't have to say a lot yeah they'll yeah. say weird things I've said a lot of weird things in grief and the people around me were just like have compassion that's and- interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's really yeah. crazy and I was like okay. isn't it and then like ran back to my, <laughs> to my room and like then ran out and was like this is crazy like think about this and they're like yeah and I'm Whoa. like all right <laughs> like, ran yeah it's that cool again yeah. right? but if, if you know grief is such a fog like it just oh, yeah, you don't feel is. like yourself you don't know how to like be what people need from you you just are you're in a fog yeah. and it's confusing yeah. and to have people that are willing to just sit in that with you and let you be as weird as you need to be. And Mm -hmm. it's the most comforting thing in the world. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that that what you were saying about some people when they don't know what to say, they just like don't say anything. And that's very much like the camp that I've fallen in for a long time of like, I'm like, I'm so scared of this person. They're grieving and I don't know what to say. And like, what if I say something? This is part of my problem of believing that my personal me katie jones's words are like yeah, something to uh yes I, I don't know something to be revered but i'm like oh man what if i say the wrong thing and it like totally spirals <laughs> or something okay here though i understand what you're saying and yeah. for you there is something to the fact that god has used your words yeah a lot of times to be something significant yeah. to people in a good way and so you're afraid of <laughs> you know harming with your exactly words. but at yeah. the same time you know if you're if you are being humble yeah. and submitted to the Lord and you are checking your tongue, right. And yeah. like walking in the spirit in those interactions, you're not going to permanently damage someone. Right. Right. And that's how that's been something <laughs> permanently. Like, Katie said nothing to me <laughs> yeah. and I've remembered it for the last I 25 years. <laughs> so scarred. Yeah. No, but I, something after losing my grandfather is realizing just like the, the power of somebody truly just coming along and saying like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like that is enough. Oh my gosh. I know. I, I remember all the, you know, different situations like this I've yeah. had in my life. The people that have shown up to funerals, oh the people gosh. that have reached out or sent yeah. flowers or things like that. It, it's, you do not ever forget those things. You no. do not forget who shows up. You really and so don't. Even if you feel like this is the best I could do and it feels insignificant. I dropped off my breads and my muffins for <laughs> this person. Right. But I dropped off those things like, even though you're grieving and you're yeah. like on another planet, you do not forget the people who showed up and met a need for no, you, you or even who just took the time out of their day to show up to a funeral. That's like mm-hmm. kind of a tangent, but like yeah. 
you really shouldn't be too busy to sh- go to funerals. Yeah. I remember every single person that called yes. after my dad passed away. Yeah. Like all of them, everybody mm-hmm. that texts. And you see them after the fact and you just have mm-hmm. so much love for them. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really like, you kind of need to get over your discomfort and oh, yeah. put yourself out there to be what people need. Right. Just and is, that's yeah. the, that's the lesson learned is it's so truly not about you in these situations. And I think of that in the same way that um, you're talking about, like maybe you're just not the person for mm-hmm. that situation. Right. And that has to be okay because if you are truly trying to be helpful, it is because you love that person, not right. because you love yourself and the things you have to offer to the situation and the words that are coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You need to want what is best for them right. more than you want to be a part of the situation. Right. And being willing to not be needed is different than extending yourself by showing up. Yes. You can, yeah. exactly. you can still show up yeah. in a way that isn't overbearing, Yes, but does have profound mm-hmm. impact yeah. and influence. The simple so. fact that you showed up. Yeah. Like you don't have to do anything, but I mean, like if I have 30 friends and you showed up yeah. and you showed up and sat on my couch. You while have a special I, place in my heart forever. Yeah, while I binge yeah. watched Hoarders in my grief, <laughs> yeah. which, I mean, I don't have to be grieving to watch Hoarders. <laughs> You're like, that's, yeah, that's, that's in, stuck around. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's joy, that's sadness. right there. Yeah, yeah. I love Hoarders. Um, if, if you show up and sit there, then like, even if I'm super sad, even if, honestly, I mean, it's pretty dramatic, but even if I like, like just look at you and I'm just like, hey, and like for the next two hours, I don't say anything. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, see you later. Love but you. But if you allowed me to do that. I yeah. remember like, you know, Katie came to my house. Yeah. She yeah. sat on my couch and we watched Hoarders. And then she was like, hey, I love you. Still praying for you. Goodbye. Out of all of the friends that I have. Yeah. She showed up, you know. Yeah, right. absolutely. So. Right. Yeah. I, honestly, some of the most um, impactful times were just people being there. Yeah. It's simple, but it's mm-hmm. honest. Absolutely. Brianna, thank you so much having this conversation with us I I'm just so grateful for everything that you shared and I I think people are going to be able to draw from your experience but also your you know wisdom and we're so I'm Mm -hmm. so glad to have you as my sister and (laughs) as a friend and um, we feel very honored that you are here we are yeah I love this we like to ask a few fun questions and so you know not to turn (laughs) this whole conversation on its head and be silly (laughs) but that's part of grief too sometimes is you yeah. want to have weird absolutely conversations. <laughs> so our first question for you today. If you had to describe your personality with a coffee order, what is it and why? I would say I was thinking about this. <laughs> I would say that um, it's kind of similar to my actual order, honestly. Love and it's um, it's an iced chai, but I mm. would say I'm going to add uh, shots in it. Nice. Dirty chai. Dirty chai. Oat milk. Because, <laughs> oat milk, yep. yes, because a chai is like sweet, but then when you add the shots in it, it becomes like a little bit more balanced mm, and yeah. oat milk's just like an outlier. You know, I feel like oat milk <laughs> is like with a standard of people that like sustainably farm <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like shop at Have farmer's like markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like use, like I, I do have utensils that I use so I don't have to use as much plastic. Yes. I love yeah, that and the like environment. Having, We love balance. Yeah. Yes. Like taking my cup Both places and. so that I could like get it refilled so yeah. I don't have to use their plastic. Yes. And I never thought I'd be that person. But a sustainable so. queen. Yeah. But yeah. there's the oat milk. Sustainable <laughs> queen. And then there's also that chai. That and chai. it's oat milk, not almond because you yeah. actually really are sustainable and you're not wasting water. So yeah. With yeah. agriculture. There you there you go. Go. And oat milk's yeah. just superior. So. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. dang good. Um, our second question, which is my personal favorite, is um, you've committed a heinous crime. 
you are on death row and mm. our favorite our most favorite and so so talented chef um to be named to be named in the future gender neutral gender neutral always <laughs> uh, he or she <laughs> as katie likes to say yeah um Equality. is locked up in their kitchen ready to make mm. anything anything you want yeah this might be a hostage situation we don't know it's a really it good is chef. a hostage situation but <laughs> that's why i'm on death row yes <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you but the chef benefit there. great but here's the thing, um, the anger and the fear that they're feeling, it gets channel- channeled into amazing food. It fuels so the flavor. It fuels it, yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be the best meal of your life. Exactly. Yes. So uh, what's what's the request? <laughs> All right, so I'm actually just going to like deconstruct what he said. I'm yeah. going to take that chef. Yes. Oh. I'm going to kick them out of the kitchen. I'm oh, going to no. replace them with my aunts. Yes. <laughs> Immediately, Honestly, that's yeah. number one. Yep. I'd be like, get my aunts in here. I know they're sad to see me go. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but like, honestly, yeah. Their, their grief yeah. 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 This beautiful cooking exactly. yeah but they're like you can't go without my ribs you know? yeah so like, oh my god one yes. last act of so service. then i would get my aunts in the kitchen oh. and i would request that and it's my, a full cookout i would request that yeah. my aunt lorraine mm. would make her uh hot sauce she makes the best barbecue hot sauce i have so ever hungry. had in my <laughs> life to the point where you find things to eat to put it on. Yeah. So like we used to like, <laughs> like just, it is the literally main event. eggs, rice, like potatoes. Like, I've got lettuce in the yes. fridge. Like, yeah. Whatever we need, salad. just stop so it up. I a vessel, have, a vessel yes. for hot sauce. <laughs> yes. I would have her make her hot sauce and then I would also have her make her ribs. Oh, man. And then I would have her, <laughs> this is a big order, but I'd have her make <laughs> uh, her crab boil because I love crab oh, boil. Gosh. There's no limit. This is our last meal. Yeah, uh, love crab boil. Yum. So I'd have that with her ribs. And then, um, surprisingly, I would also be like, let me top it off with uh, a burrito bowl from Chipotle because I can't go, Hall, I yeah. can't go out of the world without giving Chipotle like some attention on my One last, last minutes, like, you know. It's only right. Yeah, yeah Chipotle, right. if you're listening, <laughs> sponsor, us, sponsor, <laughs> sponsor us, but also like, please make me an ambassador. <laughs> yes, you want Brianna, yeah. I promise. Yes, you do. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for the thought. And the effort yes. that you put into that. I appreciate that. Yeah, you yeah. matched our weirdness. Oh, with, yeah. Course, <laughs> with your commitment. It's not that I like don't think about these questions daily. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh man, I'm on death row. <laughs> no. um, but thank you so much again for coming on. Um, we love are you gonna, so much. Yes. Yeah. Thank we, you for having me. I love you guys. Oh, this is great. Worse. Ugh, you have to come back. do it again. Yeah. Yes. Um, but to close us out, I wanted to share that we have a couple of ways for you guys to connect with us. One is through Instagram at the Katie's podcast. And another one is through our email address, which is the Katie's podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And as always, we have our Patreon up and running. There's all kinds of different benefits you can get from the different tiers. We have some guests coming up that you'll be able to ask us questions yes. to ask them. And you will definitely want to do that. So you can find that at the link in this episode notes. Absolutely. And yeah, that's it for today. So we love you guys. We will talk to you soon. Yes. Bye.